Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Junior Achievement's Recipe for Success video and podcast show. We are live this morning out of my kitchen here in Fort Lauderdale, as opposed to our kitchen over at JA World in Coconut Creek. I am your host, Lori Salarulo, and I am the proud CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. You know, this show was created to inspire our audience, which includes students that we serve through our programs so that we could share the stories and journeys of business and community leaders and entrepreneurs as they share their ingredients to success. I have learned so much from our guests, and so I hope that if you've been watching our show, you have too. If you've missed a show or two, you are able to go back and check them out over on our website at jsouthflorida.org. You know, this month we also, in a, as a you know, we are always celebrating entrepreneurship and leadership as we are teaching uh, and educating and preparing our students. But this month is a special month uh, as it's Black History Month. This month is a time to reflect, as we do with many of our students who come from the Black community, on the experiences of Black history and honor the historic contributions of Black Americans. It's also a time to acknowledge that there is still so much work to be done as we move towards racial uh, equality. At JA, our vision is that every young student, every child will be prepared with the education, training, and opportunity to be prosperous and successful. And so this month's guest or this week's guest uh, is someone that I got to know and actually we connected through LinkedIn. You gotta love the power of social media. Um, and uh, we have a board member though that has the opportunity to work so closely with our guests. And so I wanted him to be a part of the introduction. So I'm going to first introduce to you, Tim Hogan, who is the external affairs area manager at Florida Power and Light, but more, Oh, okay, I guess I can't say more importantly, but equally as important, he is a member of the Executive Committee of Junior Achievement of South Florida, and he chairs our Government and Community Relations Committee, and I have the pleasure and honor to work with him. So good morning, Tim. Good morning, happy to be here. Always a pleasure to see you, uh, Lori. Hope all is well and you're in, and that's a beautiful kitchen, if I may add. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Doesn't get too much use, but it's pretty. <laughs> I completely understand. So listen, we'll dive right in, you know, FPL, Florida Power and Light Company and Next Air Energy. We're prior partners with Junior Achievement as we have been over the last 25 years or so. And I know, as you mentioned a moment ago, me serving on the board is definitely an honor for the last five and a half years as well. So uh, I'll dive right in. Uh, we have one of our senior executives here, Mark Hickson. I'll read a little bit about his bio and I'll pass it back to you. How's that, Lori? Sounds perfect. Fantastic. So Mark Hickson is an executive vice president of corporate development strategy, quality and integration with NextEra Energy Incorporated. In this role, he works to identify and prioritize top quality and process improvement initiatives across the company, as well as corporate strategy, mergers, acquisitions and integration activities. Mr. Hickson is also executive vice president in strategy and corporate development for NextEra Energy Partners a growth-oriented limited partnership with NextEra Energy Incorporated. NextEra Energy Partners acquires, manages, and owns contracts, clean energy projects with stable, long-term cash flows. He also serves on the board of directors for NextEra Energy Partners. Mr. Hickson joined NextEra Energy in 2012 as vice president of corporate development and operational excellence. In 2015, he was named senior vice president 
of Corporate Development, Strategy, Quality, and Integration. In 2017, he was promoted to the current position. Prior to joining Nextera Energy, Mr. Hickson uh, worked at Merrill Lynch, where he was given increasing levels of responsibilities from 1997 through 2012. He also served as the Managing Director of Global Mergers and Acquisitions until that time frame. And last but not least, Mr. Hickson actually holds a degree in aerospace engineering from Texas A&M University and an MBA from Columbia University where he graduated with honors. Uh, Laurie, I'll pass it over to you and look forward to this great engaging conversation. Thanks again. Oh, good morning, Mark. Come on in and join us. There good morning. He is. How are that you? Quite the introduction and quite the resume, I must say. That was. That was. I hope. I hope I have enough interesting things to to back up that background. But oh, I think you do. I, I think from our conversation previously, that was what intrigued me and wanted to invite you to be with us this morning. So, just for a moment, you know, we're going to talk more about you and your path, and I think it's so inspiring to hear how people's journeys, right, kind of kind yeah. of take place. Uh, and sometimes that journey is never a straight line. Uh, but for a moment, let's talk about FP, uh, FPL and Nextera. I did notice about a week ago uh, that Nextera Energy was uh, number one in the industry as uh, on the fortunes list of world's most admired companies. Uh, that's a pretty impressive honor. Uh, and I was curious to know, why do you think, what makes NextEra Energy, one of the most admired companies in the industry. Sure. So for those of you on the phone that may not know uh, a lot about NextEra, because um, our, our CEO, who I report to, uh, always says that NextEra is the largest company that no one ever have ever heard of. Um, <laughs> so, and even when I drive around the neighborhood, I obviously live down here in South Florida. And I drive around the neighborhood and sometimes I'm at a gas station or I meet a friend and, and they say, oh, what are you doing back down here? Where do you work? And I say, oh, I work at NextEra. And they said, what is that? <laughs> and I say, I work at FPL. They go, oh. So for those of you on the phone, NextEra has two principal businesses. One uh, is that they own FPL, which provides about 60 to 70 percent of the electricity in the state of Florida to, to all of the population of Florida. So Southeast and up in the Panhandle. And the second principal business is we are the largest renewable energy company uh, in the world. And so we make uh, a lot of wind, a lot of solar uh, and battery storage. So those things are friendly towards climate change. Yeah. And so to answer your question, what makes NextEra head and shoulders above uh, the other companies in the industry? And I, I will mention that you are correct that we were named number one by Fortune. Uh, we have actually had that honor for 13 of the last 14 wow. years. So it was only in 2012 that we, we, we missed that honor over the last 14 years. And what sets us apart really is, is our people. Our, our culture of operational excellence, our culture of safety, our, our culture of getting better every single day. And what that has led to is the lowest cost amongst any utilities in the country, the highest reliability, and the highest customer service. And so um, our customers in Florida 
have a higher degree of customer satisfaction uh, relative to other utilities across the country. <clears throat> In addition to that, we are credited with being at the forefront of this transition, this, this transition of the U.S., North America, in fact, because we're also in Canada, to renewable energy. We have a leading market share. We have number one position in wind, solar, and storage. And so in investors, uh, the population in general, feels that the transition to renewable energy is something that we need to combat climate change, and we're at the forefront of that. So we also exhibit operational excellence and renewables as well, low cost, high reliability, customer reliability. And for all of those reasons, we are consistently ranked number one in our industry. Well, you know, and we know just recently, right, last week, uh, Tom Brady took the Bucks to the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, getting to the top, uh, as they say, is, you know, one thing but staying at the top is another. So congratulations and kudos because to sustain that level of quality and performance, we know is harder sometimes than getting there right to the top of the mountain. Uh, and so congratulations. And you mentioned, you talked about all of this, which of course, some of this goes a little bit over my head being that I have a numbers and financial and business background. So energy and, and all of that, but you, sir, started out your your degree from a in Texas A and M was in aerospace engineering, and now you're in strategy and mergers and acquisition. And so it sounds like your journey certainly has taken you know quite so, some curves in it. But talk a little bit about that, right? You started there, but I I want you to even if you could go back before that. What made you get interested in engineering, right? Because here we are, you know, trying to expose over 50,000 students to careers. How were you exposed to that career? You know, what influenced you first to even go out for aerospace engineering? Yes, it's a great question. And um, it is probably the question that I always wanted to respond to the most on, on this call. And that's because I think there's probably a lot of uh kids in the audience that are in a similar position today uh, as to where I was in the mid 80s when I was getting ready to graduate from, from high school. So I was a typical kid growing up in, in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, my parents were uh, happily married. They, they, they continue to be happily married. They're in their 80s now. Uh, my parents did not even make it to high school. But yet, uh, they understood the importance of education. And so my mom was a maid, my dad was a plumber, and on that combined salary, which was definitely toward the, the, the lower income in the US, they put six kids through school. Wow. And, and so, and when you look at those six kids today, all growing up in the same household, uh, all very close-knit. The only thing that really separates us in terms of our careers is the amount of education that we have. So I had two brothers that didn't really finish uh, college, and they've been more in and out of jobs here locally. And then I and uh, two of my sisters and one of my brothers finished um, college, and 
the two sisters as well as the brother, they've had a consistent professional job for their entire career. And then in my case, I went back to get further education, a graduate, and then that really helped to uh, propel my career even further. So the most important thing that, that uh, I want the uh, folks in the audience to hear is the importance of, of education, uh, the fact that you can uh, achieve your goals no matter where, what your situation is today. Uh, if you're in a low-income family, you don't have money, there's ways to get grants, there's ways to get access to money. If you have a desire to have a uh, rewarding career, then education uh, should be at the center of that. So I just wanted to make sure I state that at the outset because when I was uh, a senior in high school, I, like many, I didn't have a lot of interest. I actually, in fact, didn't want to go to college. And my mom just demanded that I go to college. And I think that's probably one of the best things that she did for me. Because if, if she had left it to me, I was going to get a job like most people. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll go to college in a year. And then I may not have gone after that. And she was like, you are going right now. And I think that was a big uh, sea change in the trajectory of the rest of my life. Now, as it pertains to aerospace engineering, I chose that without a lot of research. This is in the 80s. You didn't have access to the internet and all this wonderful information that we have today. So I just went to the guidance counselor at, at our high school. And uh, I chose it probably in one, one hour visit with a guidance, guidance counselor. So even though I was born and raised, in Florida, I went off to Texas A&M. So I, I got accepted into Texas A&M University as well as the University of Florida, but I chose to go to Texas A&M. Now, for those of you on the phone who are in the audience who are familiar with Florida A&M, uh, Texas A&M is not uh, a historically black college. Uh, it's uh, it's actually Texas A&M Prairie View, that is, so it's a little bit detailed there, but. So I went to Texas A&M. I started with aerospace engineering. I sort of liked it, but not really. But I was one of those people that was determined not to change my, my major. I will, by the way, and this is another point that I would make, uh, because I came from a low-income family, I wanted to put myself through school. And so uh, when I started in college in, in 1984, uh, and this is going to shock some of the people on the phone. This is going to this is going to say further to how old I am. But I was an out-of-state resident in Texas, and I was being charged uh, forty dollars a credit hour, and I thought that that was too much. So I took a year off uh, from college, and I worked to become a resident of Texas, and I restarted. I did restart, but when I became a, a resident of Texas, the the uh, per credit charge for school went from $40 down to $4. So wow. imagine those today, $4 a credit hour. So I, I proceeded through college at $4 a credit hour, but I was determined not to change my major because I was working, I was paying for my own school, and I did not want to burn any of those credits. So I graduated aerospace engineering. I started working at Boeing in Seattle. And a few years after I started working, I had the feeling like, you know what, this is maybe not what uh, my long-term career path should be. 
and so about I was about 24, 25 at that time. Again, this is the early 90s, so still really no internet. So I had to go to the Seattle Public Library, and I started doing research. And then I started finding out about finance and Wall Street. And so I decided to go back to school, and I went to uh, Columbia Business School. So the the twists and turn in my career early on was I almost didn't go to college. Um, even though I went to college, I wasn't, I was, you know, so young at that time, 17, 18, 19, that I, I wasn't really interested in the subject matter. I managed to graduate anyway, even in my last semester, I wasn't really focused on looking for a job. I had people saying to me about two months before I graduated, like, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I'll figure it out later. And they were like, you know, that all of the corporations are just about gone from campus. And, uh, and so I got lucky and, you know, Boeing and, and some of the other companies had, had yet to go. And so um, I really, as I matured at 23 and 24, and I started at Boeing. That was when I kind of said, you know what? I did, I've done pretty well so far. But now that I'm mature and I understand the importance of education, I'm really going to find what I want to do and I'm really going to excel at it. And so when I went to Columbia to go back for finance, I graduated with honors because I was much more mature, much more focused on it. And uh, that really allowed me to, to change my career from aerospace engineering and, and move into Wall Street. Yeah. You know, so many things that I can take away from, from that story. Um, and, and there's so a few things um, that I definitely want to ask. Number one, one of your ingredients that all kids should hear is you need to listen to your mom. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. a lot of times today, the parents either are not encouraging, they're not involved, or they are, and the kids, you know, don't really want to listen. Um, and so I think that sometimes, you know, knowing that you have that parent who cares about you and is 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 interested in you having the most um, successful and happy future, right? We need to listen to them a little bit more. But you said a couple of things that caught my attention. One was you mentioned that Texas A&M was not uh, typically a school for black young people, right, to attend. Um, and we're in Black History Month, so I can't help but, but want to ask you, you know, was that a challenge at that time to be in an environment, right, where you were the minority in a sense? You know, what was that like? Did it affect your education, your comfort level there? Um, you know, and how did you deal with that if it did? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. I, I would say that, um, uh, interestingly enough, even though Texas A&M had very few African-Americans, it was it is a predominantly uh, white uh, university. Um, but what I will say is really the difference between uh, even, you know, students who are still kids that are 18, 19, 18 to 22 years old, versus when I was in uh, school, junior high school and, and high school down here in South Florida, I find that the younger kids are, the more harsh they can be. And so my point is, I probably heard uh, a lot of, a lot more difficult things to, to be, because I went to a predominantly white high school, um, John I. Leonard in Lake Worth. 
Uh, I went to a predominantly uh, white uh, middle school in Golfview. And so, but when kids are younger, they tend to say more things that are just off the top of their mind. And so uh, when I got to, my point is when I got to college, I actually really didn't hear any things that made me feel like, gosh, you know, why am I here? Uh, I can't focus. I can't be my best. And I'm sure that comes up, but it didn't come up for me nearly as much as it did in, uh, in junior high, high school. So yeah. that was not, fortunately, that was not um, uh, much of an issue. And, and, and I will say, and that is in Texas, you know, from in the South, you, you tend to run into more of those issues than you do in the North. And, and so when I went to um, Columbia Business School, I was in my mid-20s. Most of the students were in the mid-20s. New York is a very diverse uh, city. And I had none of those. I mean, the diversity is very high there, so I have none of those issues. So very few at, at Texas A&M, uh, a lot less uh, than, than junior high school and high school. Yeah, I think a lot of our kids, I was reading uh, something interesting. I'm reading a book right now uh, called Unapologetically Ambitious. Uh, and it's written by a black woman um, who talks about you know, being younger. But as I started to research more, because we have a big initiative around girls, um, uh, as a matter of fact, big, big event coming in March called Girls Rule, uh, What's uh, Ignite Your Superpower. But one of the things that I read that was so interesting, and it said, by the age of six, children actually begin to believe, right, the stereotypes, the racial, yeah. sexual, you know, sexism, um, yeah. the stereotypes that people place on them, especially young girls, begin to actually believe and limit, right, their, their in their head what their opportunities could be because of those perceptions and stereotypes. I absolutely agree with that. So absolutely with that. A lot of my perceptions of myself today, a lot of my perceptions of myself today were as a result of my experiences from zero to 17 or 18, much more so than after that time. Because people honestly they mature and they become politically correct. And it's harder to be when harder to be politically correct when you're a kid from zero to seven. Right. Yeah. So how do you, uh, you know, and somebody asked this question, what are your other driving forces? And so I, you could ask it that way, or I might also say to you, so what is it about Mark Hickson that got you past, right? Some of those, you could have let some of those stereotypes shape who you are today. Instead, you push through those, those stereotypes and perceptions, right? and and got to where you are so what it, what was that that drove you past that because yes. not all of our kids have that yes and i and, and 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 that's why you know because i you know this is you know 30 minute discussion is something very very important uh to me uh there's a lot of things that i wish that uh if i had to do over and i was uh the age i would trade where i am today to go back to where a lot of the audience is, because knowing what I know now, I would kill it the second time around, but I'm sure there's a lot of people in that position. But the thing that I want to uh, stress much more so than, you know, what I did, and you know, most of what I did is simply just hard work, and I'll just kind of leave it at that. But the, the most important thing for the, the audience on the phone to understand is A, the importance of education, 
and and B, uh, especially for those who might be interested in in, in finance or uh, those who might be interested in in STEM type programs of science, technology, engineering, and math, the importance of the right opportunity early on in your career. So you get, you know, in my case, I get undergraduate education, graduate education at two uh, top institutions. And then I'm afforded the opportunity to work on Wall Street, which Wall Street, when you first start, you're working so many hours, it's really uh, a paid training. It's on the job training. And I learned so much there. So for those of you who are interested in finance, uh, I really encourage you to think about going to a top um, university undergraduate or graduate and, and looking into the opportunities on Wall Street. I had the pleasure of, uh, of hosting two uh, incredible individuals on, as part of this Black History Month uh, earlier this week, uh, Frank Baker. Uh, for those of you who don't know him, he founded his own private equity firm, Cyrus Capital. He is doing wonderful things. Uh, he's been um, giving, you know, paying off student loans for, you know, 30 to 40 kids at places like Spelman. And so, and, and Francis, who's the chief operating officer at a very large uh, management, money management firm. And uh, next week, Friday, I have the pleasure of ho hosting Bio, who's the founder of Global Infrastructure Partner and the lead director of Goldman Sachs. Wow. These, these people are incredible people. What is my point? My point is they all started on Wall Street. They 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 went to top universities, and then they they spent five to ten years of really tough on-the-job training at various Wall Street institutions, and it has set them up to do incredible things. I am perfectly happy with my career. I feel like I've had a successful career. But the people that I've been uh, bringing in on my panel are just a whole other level. But my point is, they, we all started in the same place. Great financial institution to get graduate or undergraduate education, followed by on-the-job, 100-hour-a-week training for five to 10 years on Wall Street. That sets you up to do so many incredible things. So if... if uh, folks on this podcast take nothing else away from my conversation. It's the importance of education, no matter what your family situation is. And again, I came from low income. I put myself through school. Um, and it is the importance of going to the right institutions. And then after you finish at those institutions to getting into some of these higher profile jobs where you get on the job training it will, because sometimes you say, well, how did Mark Hickson get to this place? Or how did Robert Smith get to this place? Robert Smith graduated uh, three years before me uh, at, at Columbia University. Guess where he started? He started out on Wall Street. It's the, there's a theme for all of these successful engineer uh, 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 individuals in the, uh, in the finance space. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep my message succinct for the for the youth. I but love it. You know what? Importance of education, no matter what your financial situation, 
and on-the-job training at top institutions, whether it's Amazon, Apple, Goldman Sachs, that is the foundation of putting you in a situation where you can get to a position like I am today or well beyond as some of these other individuals are. Yeah, I love it. You know, and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about what we do at Junior Achievement, right? Um, understanding, even if you don't go into the field of trading or, or you know, financial management, understanding the market, understanding investments, understanding savings and borrowing and interest and all of those things is so important, right, to our success. Um, you know, I remember when this COVID hit, you know, I always had these conversations with my daughter and of course she did JA when she was younger. And I said, you know, are you okay? Do you need help? Cause she has her own place and she's working and going to school. And, and she said, mom, I got this. She said, I've got $7,000 in the bank. I've got enough to pay my rent for almost a year. She said, I've, I've, my credit score is clean. Uh, I'm good. And I'm like, Oh, she was really listening. Right. Uh, but so here's a kid, right. Who could have needed help and, and ended up coming back home or whatever, but she listened, she took that education, right. And she started to build her own financial independence, right. And foundation. So mm -hmm. important. Yeah, it is a really great point um, that, that I glossed over. That's a very, because what I learned on wall street, is finance and so one of the biggest things that i do is manage my own portfolio so i have some money with a money manager but i love the market i mean i have my favorite stock so i have my my coronavirus plays i have my recovery plays and and just having an understanding of how to do that instead of uh, individuals consistently working or continually working for their money throughout their career having their money work for them is yeah. really uh, an important distinction. And so I, I totally agree that everyone on this on this podcast, whether you are an engineer, whether you're going to go into technology, if you have no interest in finance, it is really important that you get at least some foundational understanding so that you can manage your uh, affairs on a day-to-day -day basis once you get off into your career. So being able to know what a 401k is or a Roth IRA is and be able to start to put money away for for your, your future, your kids' future, your kids' education, your kids' retirement is so right. important. You know, it's funny. I, I was talking with a teacher uh, who teaches our programs in eighth grade at Finance Park, which has a real focus on financial, personal finance, financial education, teaching all of this as well as career exploration. And she ran into one of her students who had just gotten a job. And the student was all excited, telling she had graduated uh, high school or she was, I think, a senior in high school. She got a job and the teacher said to her, well, now that you got a job, what are you going to do? And and the kid looked at her and she said, I'm going to pay myself first. <laughs> she said, All right. I love <laughs> right. So if they can just begin to use the very basics that we teach them and, and, and some of it is much more advanced, right? They would be so much better off, especially when you look at what's happening today in our world and how many people are struggling financially, right? And facing the hardships of not having been prepared for a time like this, you know, financially. So um, 
so many amazing ingredients to your recipe. I'll just read off some of the ones that I pulled out from our conversation. If I heard this once, I heard it at least five times in this conversation, the importance of education, right? Make sure to go and get your education. And in our case, you know, we tell kids, if it's not college for you, then find a trade, right? Yeah. Go get your certification because you can make just as much money as a plumber and then becoming an entrepreneur as you can as a professional. Exactly. So we, as long as you find that trade, whatever that education looks like, um, the desire to succeed, you talked about desire, you talked about following your gut, right? When it doesn't feel right. And you made that shift to a new career. Ooh. Listening to your mom, I had that one down there for sure, hard work, uh, making sure that you're open to the right possibilities and opportunities. You talked about the amazing people that you worked with on Wall Street, mentors, right, who probably had a lot to do with shaping you uh, and your future. Determination. I loved when you talked about responsibility for education. No entitlement with you, Mark Hickson, right? You quit, went to get a job so that you could become a resident and pay for your own education, that independence, right? Taking yeah. responsibility for your life and your future. I love it. And such a great lesson for our kids. Um, you talked about, you know, how we all start someplace. And so having that hard work and that ethic and that drive is so important. Um, and then of course, getting that job experience. And so all of those things and more that you talked about, I always ask our guests at the end of every show, Mark Hickson, what is your main ingredient to success? It is, it is hard work, um, but but more importantly at this point in my career, is it's really a lot of mentoring myself and teamwork and and um, I actually have been you know I interview people from time to time to come work within my organization, and over the last month or two, I've had you know some of those individuals will will say, you know, I did some diligence on you and I heard that you're great to work for. And I heard, well, your work is really interesting in what you do. So that is, um, you know, what I want to be my my hallmark for my, the, the rest of my career. Uh, and the second thing that I would say that I'm absolutely excited about, because I've always been an advocate for African-Americans within the, the, the workplace is that we have, as a result of the event, the events that took place in the second quarter of last year around George Floyd and others, uh, we have started a number of really interesting racial equity initiatives at this company. And of all the things I've done in my career, there is nothing that I'm more excited about uh, than our racial equity initiative. That is uh, for African-Americans, uh, trying to find them better uh, opportunities within the company, better career paths within our company. The second is giving to non-for-profit organizations uh, across the country that are that are for the benefit of people of color. And the third is is two pronged. One is uh, more uh, supplier diversity. We we spend over ten billion dollars a year uh, at our company, and we dole that out through various contracts to suppliers. And so we have now uh, put targets in place to increase our uh, supplier uh, diversity. And then the last is venture investing, where we make investments in, um, in funds where those funds are invested in companies that benefit the African-American community. I mean, of, of my entire 
25 year plus uh, in the finance community and being a consistent advocate for African-Americans to be in a situation that I'm at now to really uh, make a big difference in so many areas is truly exciting for me. It may be the best thing I ever do in my entire career. Yeah, I love it. What a legacy, huh? Yeah, I, I know I recently learned from Juliet and Tim shared a lot of the work around DEI that Next Era Energy is doing. Um, really admirable. And we need more companies to walk the walk, right? Um, and to really do the do the work, right? Yeah. Not just talk about it. And so kudos. And and probably another thing that that puts you on that number one most admired company list. So um so I look forward to seeing all the progress and everything that the organization will do around that. And, you know, Junior Achievement is here as a partner to FPL Next Era, um, and um, we look forward to it. And it has been such a pleasure. Uh, I've, I've now had the chance to speak with you twice. I think we're going to need a third time because there's so much more to talk about. Um, and I know that you're going to be speaking with our kids soon. And so I am thrilled about the impact um, that you'll have on their lives as well. And so I just want to say thank you for being with us. Thank you for sharing so openly. Uh, and thank you for the chance to get to know you better. Well, thank you for reaching out to me. And I, 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 when you contacted me about the opportunity to speak to kids in South Florida, and I think about the fact that that is where uh, my life began, um, I thought what you're doing is just really important. So kudos, kudos for you, to you. And so anything I can do to be helpful to uh, spreading the message uh, of junior achievement throughout South Florida, I'll be happy to do so. So I thank you. Uh, for having me uh, on this podcast. And I look forward to working with you going forward. Well, same here. Tim, you want to come back in and say goodbye with us? Thank everyone for joining us. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Mark, I really appreciate your time. We know your calendar is full as is yours, Lori, but uh, it's always great to just sit back and, and take notes mentally and reflect upon what a successful career you've had and all the great points, you know, me being an electric engineer and kind of changing my background to external affairs now, 18 plus years with the company. Um, sometimes you do take turns and bends and twists, but uh, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end of the day, you know, uh, it's very rewarding to work for Next Air Energy and FPL, Florida Pound Light Company. It's a passion that I have as well and uh, just an honor to be here. So thank you, Lloyd, for the opportunity for the introduction. You are so welcome. And to our viewers who, who are watching today and listening today, thank you so much for being with you. I know you had to be as, as inspired as I am. Thank you for your questions and your feedback in our chat. Um, I want to encourage everyone, as Mark said, he's going to be speaking with our students. If you want to affect and impact a young person's life, you can absolutely be the change for them. Uh, you can help them to build a successful and, and prosperous future. So please uh, find a way, uh, check out our website and get involved. And if you are a woman out there or a girl, we want you involved in Girls Rule. So check that out as well. March is International Women's Month. And so we will be doing an amazing, we have a keynote speaker coming, awesome keynote speakers with our young women, young black American uh, entrepreneurs and founders who will be talking with our girls, workshops on all these kinds of topics we talked about today. Just really exciting stuff. And, you know, we hope that you'll join us as well. So thanks everyone for watching. Thank you again, Mark. And thank you, Tim.
And I look forward to seeing you on our next episode of JA's Recipe for Success. Keep on cooking. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye now. <laughs>